the volume. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco, fresh on a Southern California Wednesday. If I somehow, on video, look hungover, I I didn't drink last night. I just bet the San Diego Padres. Three hits, no runs against the fish. It is a Scotty Van Bad Beat morning, but it isn't on Team Volume Sports. Big shout out, all-time Johnny Stockton. Enormous get. Shannon Sharp, Box Office Podcast Club, Shay Shay, coming to Volume Sports. Big ups to Uncle Colin, landing another giant in the game on the mic. Said he felt like he landed Peyton Manning in Denver. I feel the same way. Just an honor and pleasure to be on the network here. Got my guy, Paul. We are breaking down the NFC South today. And I got to be honest, I looked all morning for a Staples button because it's so easy to pick the winner of this division. I will get to it on the second team. I have to start out breaking down really in order from last year, the winner of the division. You have to do it. I know Tommy Tampa is long gone. It is progressive Baker Mayfield's team. He was announced by Todd Bowles earlier this week as the starter. Actually have an exact quote here. Talked it out a little bit on yesterday's episode. Bulls, Baker's our guy right now, experience-wise and understanding. The playbook just a little bit better. He knows it, but Kyle's on the come up. We like both guys. We like where we're at. Baker's the number one. Kyle's the number two. Kyle Trask, if you didn't know. Now, Baker comes in off an interesting year last year. Carolina to start, wraps it up in Hollywood with a quick little audition, and he did nail the audition. Got to be honest, compared to one in five in Carolina, Completed under 60% of his passes, six tugs, six picks, seven total appearances. He got he got sent to a pretty much emergency quarterback situation in LA. But I gotta be honest, Baker Mayfield's a fascinating character. He's got a little manzel in him to some degree, as far as rising to the occasion when all eyes are on him. Now, he's a lot more stable. He's a guy that to me is on a boom or bust situation. He's on a lily pad. If he doesn't deliver, that's it for him. But, you know, in LA, that Thursday night game, let's not forget, he engineered a comeback as well, by the way, against the Raiders. And that's what he does. Sometimes on Natty TV, he shows up and shows out. But the reality is the books have this Tampa Bay Bucks team at an over-under of six and a half wins. And depending where you shop, it is very much juiced on the under you look at this post Brady team and it's almost the Costanza opposite of what I'm going to talk about with the Saints because there is not a lot to me of rhythm and balance to this Bucks team coming off of last year I mean what Brady had to do in the pocket as a mid 40 year old who should otherwise be throwing lazy man football passes to his kids in the living room he's trying to fence off an offense that was last in rushing in almost every category. He he did his best to cover it up. The reality is they had 76.9 rush yards per game last year. They were worst in yards per carry, rushing touchdowns, and number of rush attempts. They pretty much gave up halfway through the season running the ball. Rashad White comes in. 
Lenny is gone. Playoff Lenny, we'll see it. And as much as we remember this championship defense to be up there with top five, top 10 in the league statistically last year, they were all right. They were 10th in yards in game allowed, 8th and 3rd best defense, top 10 in pass defense. So they weren't unwatchable. But the best thing they have on their side is a 10th-ish, 15th-ish ranked defense coming in. You have no run game. Yes, you do have a decent offensive line to protect Mayfield, but he's going to have to play above the rim. And I got to be honest, as a 5'10 guy with the hair in the six-foot club, Mayfield, barely my size. I stood next to him before. He's going to have to play Air Jordan ball down there, and I just don't see it happening. Now, I want to root for him. This is a guy Collins alluded to. If he doesn't get it right, he's in the booth next year. I don't disagree. This is an NFC South division that, to me, is sort of up for grabs. I do believe it's the Saints to lose, but they play the AFC South arguably the worst division in football, and they play the NFC North. An interesting division with a couple of teams. I think you could easily go two and two against those four. But we look at this Bucs team, and I can't sit here and convince myself until I see otherwise that a defensive head coach, by the way, Leftwich was fired, bit of a different quarterback room. It's all on Mayfield. Mayfield's a quarterback, and I spoke on this yesterday, that has to have everything around him working well. Offensive line, running game. Let's not forget he had Chubb and Hunt. He had to have a serviceable defense. And then he can go out and he can game manage. But that's the best we're going to see now. There is something to say as far as nothing to lose mindset. Now, he does have everything, everything to lose in theory. But you come off an offensive year where you were 25th in points, 18.4 per. That doesn't even make Tommy Brady sense. You have a little bit of room for error as far as an eight and nine team you're inheriting. So, yes, you won the division, but you are in a division with four new quarterbacks. Ritter, Bryce Young, baby, you can drive my C-A-double-R and progressive insurance. I think this is a potentially seven and eight win team. I don't even have them finishing second in the division. I got to be honest. I think they are going to go game for game with the Carolina Panthers to finish third. I hate to say it. I really do. I, I slept on it. I thought about the over. I got to go scuba Steve under six and 11 sounds about where this team will be. I mean, didn't go skill position in the draft. First three picks were linemen. They're rebuilding for another season. Unfortunately, they're they're using a bit of a buffer in Mayfield. And for all we know, he could lose the job midway through the season. Now, will I change my tune? Should you change your tune if Kyle Trask comes in? Potentially. Always like Colin says, you get new information. You have to read and react accordingly. I just can't sit here and make a case that the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to do anything special. The team that is going to, and I don't think shock anybody because I talk about this a lot on the pod to me, football, you know, basketball, when teams are clicking, I I've heard, I've interviewed a Mark Medina. He talks about an old school golden state warriors team, like a great jazz ensemble, where you look at a great offense of unit that is in sync and it's like watching a choreographed dance. You watch a great run-blocking front five deliver uh, through the lane, little Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, pick a running back moment for a good offensive line. It's music to your ears. 
I say all that to remind you that this New Orleans Saints team has won the division three out of the last five years. 2018 and 2019, they were a 13-win club. 2020, a 12-win club. It was only with Tommy Tampa came in. And yes, that was a wild card year. He made the run. This team, this company is a rock-solid company. And you owe a lot. Got to tip my fro to Sean Payton. And what did they go out and do? They finally said, Jameis ain't going to be the guy. We're not going with the red rocket, the red rifle, Andy backup Dalton. We're not going to invest in Taysom Hill in his starting capacity in any regard. We got to go out and make a splash. And Derek Carr has been in dysfunction to the complete opposite of what the Saints have been to me in his entire career. I've spoke on Derek Carr getting dragged, getting dogged, being chalked up as a turnover machine, a guy. Dude, he hasn't had a defense his entire career. I mean, you go back and look at that AFC wildcard game. They almost stole a game against the Bengals who made a run that year. Almost stole it. Derek Carr, who's 63 and 79 as a career starter, 217 tugs to 99 picks, 91 QBR career, inherits a team and a defense, by the way, that is significantly more stable than the Raiders. Derek Carr had, you talk about athletes moving on teams. Derek Carr's franchise moved. He was playing bad news bears football in an Oakland A's infield. Think about that. He was playing on a baseball field in Oakland where A's fans get outnumbered by the Savannah Bananas. I mean, what else do you have to say about his lack of build uh, the company the Raiders the lack of building around him doing what they needed to do to get him in a position to win not to mention he was battling a division the last three years last five Mahomes Herbert star studded AFC West the NFC South again this is a turnover year this is a rebuilding year for arguably three of the four teams in the division you can get plus money at your local shop on FanDuel, on DraftKings, plus money to win this division, plus money. I'll give it to you right now. It's plus 130. Next up is the Falcons. But honestly, I look at this 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 Saints team. I'm looking at the schedule. Also, bear in mind, the Bucs won the division. The Bucs have the first place schedule. This Saints team, first, listen to the first seven, eight weeks of the season. The Titans, the Panthers, the Packers, the Bucs the Texans, the Colts, the Bears, uh, they could start out 6-2. and two. Uh, They honestly could. But to me, I don't even think you're making a case that you're buying low on Derek Carr because we know what he's capable of. The guy was in the MVP conversation a few years ago, and this is not a Carson Wentz situation. This is not a guy who had a ton on his side. He now comes to a division that is, again, not only up for grabs, but doesn't have any great defenses, doesn't have any better structure compared to the Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks. I love this team. By the way, a top nine defense in points allowed, and they weren't abysmal on offense. Again, remind yourself, Alave was really the only steady constant last year. Kamara banged up. Michael Thomas hasn't seen the field since Drew Brees was under center. So I'm high on Michael Thomas this year. Think he's a fantasy sleeper, by the way. If you can get him in the seventh, eighth round, if he does drop, 
I think the combination of Kamara coming back, Carr inserting himself, there's just something to say about bringing in a guy and they haven't got it right at quarterback, by the way, since Breeze left. It's a rejuvenation. All right. A third in the division, seven and 10. Get it out of your men in black mind. 10 second Tom for 51st dates, whatever you got to do to forget last year. This is a new year and they're playing the AFC South. So even if you don't like plus 105 over nine and a half wins, or excuse me, if you don't like them winning the division at plus money, take over nine and a half wins. I don't know how you can't feel good that this is Derek Carr's division to lose. They are also in a significantly inferior conference. The NFC is hogwash after three teams. I dare you to tell me otherwise. I made the I made the 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 reference that it was like when Vince McMahon split up the talent in the WWF. Now WWE half the talent on Raw, half the talent on SmackDown. Ain't nobody watching SmackDown because everybody's on Raw. Every quarterback, except for one or two in the NFC, is in the AFC. It's box office over there. Here, it's easy pickings. The NFC is not going to be fig- hard to figure out. This team's winning the division. I'm taking money. I'm spitzing over here. I got to take this so much. I'm taking money from under the mattress. I'm going end of bear season one, breaking out the tomato cans, taking my cash, and any sports book that takes a significant number. I'm putting a lot of bar mitzvah money on the New Orleans Saints. I cannot tell you how easy this decision is. As we get into a third team here, and this is kind of a head-scratching over-under. The Atlanta Falcons are, are an over-under of eight and a half. I, I got them finishing second in the division. I do. Seven and ten last year. I, I think Ritter, now they moved off of Marcus Mariota. If you watch quarterback, uh, obviously volume column was on it, a couple, couple volume team members. You saw a little bit of a Costco sample size of what Mariota was on this offense as a leader. You saw a little bit of of, of a glimpse into this locker room. The best thing they have going is their running game. Third in the league last year at 159 per. They go out, they get B. John Robinson out of UT. I like the draft pick. And again, this is an interesting offense where you have Kyle Pitts should be a stud. Drake London should be a certified wide receiver one. Then you have Bijan, Algier, Cordero Patterson, they clearly have a very good onus and and just they know who they are. They know who they're not. I don't expect Ritter to come in and have to Cincinnati Bearcat go ballistic. He just needs to game manage, run the rock, win the time of possession and let the defense do their thing. The problem is you go out, you get almost 40 year old Calais Campbell, this teeth, this defense was unwatchable. Uh, Second worst in the league on third down. Last in the NFL in sacks. Bottom 10 in turnovers. So, uh, to me, to back that, you have a a sophomore on campus under center. You have a unwatchable defense. And we just don't know what Atlanta is yet. Uh, It's not a team you want to touch to me at all. At the sports book, I think it is a division that'll beat up on each other. But you know, twenty third in defensive points allowed, with a thirty first passing offense last year. Again, they can't get much worse. I do think Ritter's a step in the right direction. I'm not sitting here saying he's going to go out and pull a Mayfield, but I do think he's got a lot. Unlike uh, other situations, Anthony Richardson comes into 
He's got a top six offensive line. He's got a top five running back. What what do we have to give Ritter outside of an excellent run game? They do have a very good offensive line. I will say that. Very good offensive line. But you can't have a first-year starter get in shootouts because the defense is giving the ball back and, and not stopping anybody. So this Atlanta team, I, I think it's a trial and trips year. I got them at eight and nine. I think that's a correct, a, a correct, fair assessment. And I, I, I think they'll finish second, last, but certainly maybe least, but not least. I'm looking at this Carolina Panther team over under seven and a half wins under plus plus a hundred even money over pen and where you shop a little bit juiced second in the division last year. Now I spoke on a, a previous episode ranking quarterbacks, ranking rookie point, uh, rookie draft picks. Bryce Young is in an interesting spot, and I do love Frankie Reich. I think he's a quarterback whisperer. Let's not forget, guy was on the staff with the Eagles, coached up Nick Foles. That was a Carson Wentz potential MVP year before he got hurt. Frank Reich knows how to speak to quarterbacks, knows how to run an offense, knows how to be a head coach. I think he, he got a, an early exit in Indy. But you look at what they went out and, and got. Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst. Don't hate any of them. They got DJ Chark. Now, this was an interesting last year to this year. I did speak on this. They were the worst time of possession team in the league last year, the Carolina Panthers. They weren't great at anything. They were 28th in passing offense. Thank you, Baker, for nothing. Ten and Sam Darnold. 10th in rushing offense. That's something to hang your hat on. And again, though, a little bit of a can't really carry that into this year because of C-Mac, not on the team anymore. 19th in defensive points allowed, 20th in points last season. Now, I look at this Panthers team, and you have to feel good. You do have to feel good that they're at least making a push towards not only Bryce Young as your future franchise quarterback, but you're, you're already starting to build pieces around them. Not everybody had the luxury of going out and getting several pieces around their rookies. I, I mentioned Anthony Richardson. He's got Michael Pittman and a bunch of Madden 77s after that. Alec Pierce uh, in this wide receiver league. So Thielen is a huge, huge, that's almost as valuable as having Andy Dalton behind you as far as just a veteran that knows how to be a consummate professional and be a safety blanket at the very least. I watched Bryce Young with that opener. We've seen him a little bit. He's short. He's small. He, in the animal kingdom of the NFL, it is a little troubling. I think it's going to be interesting to see because he isn't a, a runner by nature, but he may have to get out of the pocket and make plays. Little Doug Flutie meets Russell Wilson in his early career because he doesn't have the luxury of a great offensive line around him. Now, remember, the last number one overall pick to win more than seven games was Andrew Luck. All right. There's a real stat out there that shows you that if you are this guy, you ain't going over the number they ironically hung at your local shop. Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, 0 for 5. Nobody, nobody got over that number except for Andy Luck. And to me, you just aren't taking on a team that looks like they are ready for playoff football. It's a it's a new year. It's a refurbished year. It's a trial and error year again. That's why this division is gravy. Take the veteran. Take the adult in the room. It should not be difficult. These Saints are going to 
run away with this division. Matter of fact, if there was such a thing as a spread on this division, they have alternate win totals. Yes, I would take this team to win the division, New Orleans, by more, by two games or more. They cover the quote-unquote run line, puck line, the famous one and a half in the world of certain sports. I just think it's the Saints division to lose. And I think Derek Carr is going to have a resurgence this year. Best weapons on offense. Easily, easily best defense. Uh, Don't forget Honey Badger, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis. Uh, Ain't nobody else have those fab four guys on their defense in this division. Maybe the Bucs could play out of their heads again. But you got Baker, not Brady. So I'm going to bring in my guy, Paul, here. To talk out some props, we do this at the end of these of these division picks. I, I have I have the Saints, Paul. I mean, am I out of my mind? I, sometimes, if it's too easy, you gotta you gotta scratch your fro. I, I don't think that's the case here. Yeah, you're sickening me with this Saints talk. I I cannot stand the New Orleans Saints, but that dates back to the uh, 2009 2010 NFL season. That, that's my own personal beef with them. I do have a question for you about the Saints before the player props. Yeah, so, please. I mean, you're so high on them. You run, run away with the division. Run away. Do you away. think at plus 1,700, would you sprinkle a little bit on them to potentially win the NFC? It, it's an interesting It's an interesting value number. 1,701 is a real payout. Even 100 bucks pays a half a month of Manhattan rent. I, I don't know that they're in that conversation before the season. I, I don't know that that's a... I'm I'm troubled with the NFC. I really can't make a case for a fourth guy, uh, for a team after the big three, after Philly, after San Francisco, after Dallas. But if I were to pick a dark horse, a fourth team in the NFC to come out of complete nowhere, I would consider the New Orleans Saints because they are going to have home uh, a home game. They are they are a serious home field advantage in the dome, and again this this town. We remember what Breeze did. I mean, this is a town that I know you hate them, but you got to love the culture. You got to love the all-in. They almost have a college-type feel. Of obviously, you know, hop, skip, and a jump from LSU. They know ball. They love their team. And if Derek comes in, and again, you look at this cupcake schedule. We talked about it before on air. The Bucks have a more difficult schedule. The Panthers have a more. The Saints have a gravy schedule. Ten wins. Could, they be, 10 could they be the two seed? Is there a way they could be, be the two seed? Maybe I, we're just be, handing it to San Francisco or Philly. Yeah, that would be where uh, Philly may not win their division, as we've talked out. I, I think Dallas is the value play for the Cowboys, and again, you know, we know that that they always they always blow it. But I think if they got a two seed, yes, you start doing the math on the numbers and and the situational matchups. That's value. That is value. I just don't know yet. So you're holding because on. The, the offensive line is not spectacular. It's not. So that 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 is a cause for concern. Not worried about the defense. Not worried about Derek Carr moving the football. Is he going to be under duress? Is he going to have time? I was looking at PFF rankings. They don't have the Saints very high on the O-line. So I, I'm going to hold off when, when you see Philly as the best O-line in the league and Dallas top three as an offensive line. It's tough to make a case for the Saints. But I don't hate it. I don't hate okay. it. I didn't. I didn't know how how in you were on them. Uh, our, our guy Sean <laughs> is in the comment section saying, "You guys are ridiculous." Dennis Allen plus Derek Carr. What are we doing here? He, he's a big Falcons believer. 
listen, I don't get the eight and a half. I don't get the eight and a half. I the Sean, the Falcons defense is unwatchable, man. I, this division, <laughs> to me, you have the best defense and the best quarterback. I, I mean, yeah, Dennis Allen isn't Sean Payton, but it's not, to me, a, a difficult. It's not like a, an AFC West or a NFC East. This is this is four new quarterbacks, four new quarterbacks. I'd like to take the adult in the room. I, I'm sorry. I will lose money happily on this team. If the Falcons come out of nowhere, <laughs> I will send Sean a medium rare steak. Oh, okay, so let's let's get into some player props. And unfortunately, we can't parlay all of these. That would have been great to parlay and see what you could get here. But as being great. someone, Monaco, who is not going to just casually throw on NFC South games, you, a lot of people will need a little bit of money on, on, the, on the games here. So can you give me one prop Per team in the NFC South, just so these games are, are are watchable, because it could be it could be a tough division outside of your Saints from a viewing perspective. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is an interesting division as far as props go. You know, I look at the the first thing that sticks out is I think Mike Evans is still going to get his. Uh, I mean, guy hit thirty nine NFL seasons. Guys had eight plus touchdown six times, 81 tugs in nine years comes out to nine a year. But let's not forget, Mike Evans didn't have the luxury of an, I mean, yes, he had a Jameis Winston, you know, situation where they're playing from behind these stats stuffing. But other than that, he's just been Mr. Consistent. I mean, eight tugs, eight tugs, 13, 14 last year was rough. Last year was, was the anomaly. That's why I, I think we're actually even buying low on Mike Evans at over seven and a half receiving touchdowns at plus 135. Look, Mayfield, as much as he gets dragged and dogged, I think this dude is is can be, when he has time, relatively accurate. And it is a luxury to have not a tiny receiver. He's got two large men to throw to. And Mike Evans being a guy that just, just certain guys have a nose for the end zone. And he knows, pun intended, how to get open inside the 20 was a guy you can throw the rock up to and, and just double tap Y alley oop at 2K with it. I think Mike Evans, I again, it's slim pickings to some degree. They have an unwatchable run game and, and you go prop wise, you got to go offensive side. Godwin, sure, but Godwin has been uh, much more banged up and you know, that guy could get hurt again. Mike Evans is typically available. I, I like Evans over seven and a half. So when it comes to receiving yards, everyone knows Mike Evans, a thousand yards is basically every single season, his entire career, all nine, all nine years, a thousand yards, his over unders eight seventy five and a half at minus 112 on FanDuel. When you're debating between taking the receiving yards for Evans versus the touchdowns as you are, did it come into play that, oh, maybe this Bucks offense won't be moving the ball the way they have been in the past and Evans will basically be able to eat in the end zone? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good that's a good rationale. Um, there's also you know there's also this fun thought that they could be getting blown out and Baker becomes Jameis 2.0 and there's <laughs> stats stuff and you know I mean that in okay. in, the, in the fantasy world in the in the prop bet world that matters a lot. Uh, situational football down the second half stretch, it, I could see. And again, Baker's a weird lad where. When he plays tight, he's terrible. When he plays loose, he's serviceable. 
I think there's going to be more playing loose moments in the second half than tight games. Therefore, uh, more more little uh, little momentum towards over seven and a half for Mikey Evans. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Who else we got? I'm looking at Bryce Young here, um, and you know I'm curious. They haven't hung any rushing lines yet, but you know I'm going down this decorated career of his, and and you go by the numbers, and again he did have three years under center. Uh, 9, 15, and 12 games started in three years for, for Nick Saban's role tied Alabama um, club. Dude, 80 touchdowns, 80 touchdowns, including 47 his second year, really his first year starting, uh, our full, full season. Unbelievable numbers in college, 19 and a half touchdowns. Now, I'm back and forth, Paul, on is he going to move the football more than score? Again, the Panthers were last in time of possession, but they do have a decent run game. I do think they can lean on, look, Miles Sanders, you know, you had him in fantasy last year. He he did he did prove that that he's still a starting running back in this league. If they can do a lot of, of fundamental things correct on offense, I think there's a world where Bryce Young can get 20 tugs. Now, he's also sitting at a not insane number on passing yards. I'm a little back and forth. I mean, throwing it back to you when you're going rookie, you haven't seen yet. And it's yards versus receiving uh, versus passing touchdown. Do you have any method to your madness? Cause I am back and forth on this one, but I do think I'm leaning over 19 and a half tugs. I'm a little scared with Bryce Young just because of the receiving options he has with with Chark and Thielen. I, I like those guys and they've had good years. Obviously, I'm a big Thielen fan from his time in Minnesota, but he he's lost a step. I I don't mind the 19 and a half passing touchdowns that you have. I think that I mean, he, his guys in a, yeah in a 17 game season. At, what is that one off the noggin? 1.25 a game. I, I mean, just throwing one touchdown a game. So you're Which, definitely yeah, over though. Like, have you, did you consider the unders at all for Bryce? Nah, not for not for the passing touchdowns. Um, again, what I we've said this before. Collins talked about it. You play in the SEC; it's a mini NFL to some degree. I, I mean, to put up those numbers against some of these prolific defenses that he danced against over the last three years—that can't be nothing, you know. And I mean, who am see, I kidding? I mean, you're not an under guy. You know, I'm your not life, an under life's guy. Too short for you to bet the under. I'm I'm too short physically <laughs> to bet anything under. I'm I'm all I'm doing is trying to get in the six foot club. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I am I'm a little torn on it, but I do feel a little bit better. You know his his thirty two hundred, which is what it is on FanDuel. I've seen different numbers out there. Thirty two hundred and a hook isn't terrible because again, I think we we did the math on that. That's around one eighty eight a game. I like that's, that. That's, I think that sounds that's nice. realistic too. I think, yeah, if you're not comfortable with him getting 20 touchdowns now that, but that's stat about Andrew Luck being only one of the last six guys to make it over seven wins is very telling. So where does that, where does that sync up with the stats? I mean, I'd, I'd imagine the yards would probably be the maybe safer play. Cause again, they could be out of games and he could be playing loose, playing free and racking up a lot of those. Touchdowns are obviously harder to come by. I still like 20 tugs, though. I mean, he's an accurate, accurate guy. So I'm going to take 19 and a half and, and, and go down swinging, but baby peanuts. Okay, so you got Bryce over 19 and a half passing touchdowns. Mike Evans over seven and a half receiving touchdowns. Saints and Falcons left. 
who's uh, who's the next guy up? Just going real quick here. Um, I, I, I'm all over Derek Carr, and he's at 3,800 and a hook. Going to drive Sean crazy over here. Minus 110. <laughs> uh, prior to last season, over 4,000 yards four years in a row. Literally 4,000 yards in a row four years. He's a gunslinger. He's got an unbelievable deep ball, in my humble opinion. He's a playmaker. And last year, 15 games, too short of the, the full 17, 3,500, probably would have gone over that. He's gone over it six of nine times in his in his career. Got to mention this too. And, and it was the same at Allegiant. No weather, half the season at all to be an issue. And I just think with Olave, with Michael Thomas, with a, with a decent run game, I, I think he's got not a huge drop off of weapons. Again, Olave's not Devontae Adams. I, I just think, again, especially this number is even more appetizing with no Kamara out the gate. And they do have Jamal Williams. But I, I just think this, this dude's going to cook. And the guy, I, I mean, you go down the list of, of quarterbacks. How many guys have thrown 4,000 four years in a row? I, take this number. I feel very good about it. Yeah, if you're high as high on Derek Carr as as you are, you have to hit the over here. And Alvin Kamara too. Once he gets back, great pass catching running back. He could get he could eat up some yards there. I wanted to ask Absolutely. you about the Saints. In addition to Carr, um, I was looking at receiving props because I, I know you're big on their passing attack this season. Michael Thomas isn't even on the board right now, which is kind of crazy to me. I know he's your guy in fantasy this year, but Chris Olave. The over under is a thousand and twenty one or ten thousand. Sorry, I'm not ten thousand. One thousand twenty five point five receiving yards and five point five receiving touchdowns. That's actually a plus a hundred. Do either of those numbers tempt you a bit? Because he was over the yards last year and had four touchdowns with a pretty bad cast of quarterbacks. Yeah, I, three quarterbacks last year. Uh, Paul had to deal with Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill. Not a Madden 83 or above in sight. 119 targets, though, in his career, 72 receptions uh, in that season and, and over a thousand yards. To your point, I think Derek Carr's a guy that zeroes in. I I, I do believe from watching him in my division all these years that he has a favorite guy. And I imagine it's going to be Olave over Michael Thomas. Now, Michael Thomas could be out of nowhere back to what he was. But I'm going to go with Olave. Again, that was such a special wide receiver room in Ohio State. Shout out Brian Hartline. Uh, he's well coached. He's a great route runner. He's got the speed. He's got all the intangibles. And Derek Carr is a guy that, to me, is going to look for, as a playmaker, a fellow playmaker. And I believe Olave is the playmaker on this team. I absolutely love it. Okay, yeah. So, so that could even be three bets there for the Saints. Um, but you're going to roll with Carr as your big one. All right, I'm going to go with Carr. And then last but not least, um, it's, it's tough in the Atlanta Falcons world because it's such a low number for Drake London to get over four and a half receiving touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is David Njoku 2.0, physical specimen. Please do anything. Please do anything this year, my God. But I just, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, as much as they're studs, Drake London and Pitts, I don't know where I'm at with Ritter. I don't know where I'm at. What I do know is they have a very good offensive line and a top three running game. And we know that B. John Robinson, who sits at seven and a half rushing touchdowns, 1075 and a hook on rushing yards, comes in as a third career 
rushing touchdown Texas Longhorn running back in the history of the Ricky Williams, Jamal Charles, decorated UT running back alum. To sit there and have 33 touchdowns in your career, 18 last year, 18, 18 on 258 rushing attempts. I know they have a full running back room. You don't go top three in running and then go running back and not feel like, you know, you know Cordero well. He's not a true running back. This dude was drafted as a wide receiver and, and as a special team specialist. So for him to get 144 carries last year on 695, that'll go down. I think over seven and a half rushing touchdowns for Bijan is a steal. I, how, and this is what I like to do. You do mock drafts and fantasy and stuff. This guy's going as high as top 10 overall. Top 10 overall. If he's going top 10 overall in mocks, ESPN, et cetera, wherever you get your fantasy news, how are we not sitting here making the case that he's going to get eight touchdowns? He's done it at UT. He has an unbelievable line. The only caveat would be if they decide to pivot off of him inside the 10-yard line and go with Cordero or Algier. I don't think they do. I think he is one of these bell cow backs. He's got a Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry persona to him. You don't take him first round that early if you're not going to run him till the wheels fall off. I think seven and a half is an absolute hammer. Yeah, I, th I think that might be your best bet of all the player props right there. Because are you going to play Algier in, in, inside the five? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like he's a good running back, but I think Bijan will get that carry. Well, Cordero was sneaky inside the red zone, but I I don't he's know big. how you. He's yeah. a big guy. I know that would be the only, only trepidation. I, I'm not sure if you want to watch cup first couple of weeks and then adjust, but that number might not be there after the first couple of weeks. So I know. Let I'm, me ask you one yeah, more with Bijan here. His, uh, his rush yards is 1100.5. Wow. Is that a number that feels a little high to me? It's a little high. And again, you can get a better number, um, at different shops, a little bit lower. I, I mean, it's a, it's a little high, um, especially, and that's why I want to lean, you know, touchdowns over yards. He was yeah. fourth in, in, in uh, his career or, or Texas's career, I should say, in overall yards. He did have over three, uh, 3,400. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to utilize him all the way throughout the field. I, I don't know how you don't, still work in Cordero Patterson to take a little food off his plate. That's why I feel like him in the red zone, him running the rock into the end zone is a better bet. It is a little high. It's a little high. I mean, okay, a thousand yeah. yards, you know, 1100 yards, not easy to cross. I would go with the rushing touchdowns. I like that. I like that. Okay. So you got Mike Evans over seven and a half receiving touchdowns, Bryce Young over 19 and a half passing touchdowns. Bijan over 7.5 rushing touchdowns. And your Derek Carr, was that 3,800? Is that what you said? 38. Yeah, I mean, he's sitting there at 38 and a half and a hook. Yeah. A Dustin Man. Hoffman hook. Uh, so, yeah, Saints at 10 and 7 win the division. Do I dare say 11 and 6? I got the Falcons finishing 8 and 9 second under 8.5 wins. I got the Carolina Panthers at 7 and 10. I, I, I think that number, I want to I want to give them 8 and 9. I just that that number one overall draft, it's a damn near curse. I, I'm gonna go eight and nine, uh, excuse me, seven and ten for the Panthers. And I hate to do it to my guy Baker, six and eleven last and certainly least. I don't want the Bucks to stink. I don't, but 
I think this Saints team comes back into their own again. Remind yourselves, people, 13 wins, 13 wins, 12 wins. I know it was Sean Payton and Brees. There's still some pieces on this team from those teams. Cam Jordan, look, they got consummate professionals on the defensive side that are going to help Derek Carr in a way. I mean, my gosh, how many years in a row did the Raiders defense give up more points than the Raiders offense scored? He never even had a top 10 defense. Now he's inheriting one in a turnover division. I'm sorry. I have to take the Saints. Yeah. I mean, you're, it just sounds to me more and more like you're going to talk yourself into the Saints Conference Championship. I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you're going to be higher on New Orleans after you see him win week one. You're going to be, oh, my gosh. All right. Maybe maybe a sprinkle. I love it. I love it. Hey, hey football is back this weekend. Football's back, baby. We got college football. I cannot wait. Fired up. And hey, appreciate for Paul, for Sean, for myself, for Volume, Club Shay Shay on the new network, baby. Gotta love it. Big time day for Volume Sports. As always, don't forget to hug your mothers. We'll see you next show. The Volume.